Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. Fall is here, and those of you with easy keepers and metabolic horses need to be extra careful at turnout time. As the seasons change, the sugar content in grass increases, often leading to a seasonal spike in cases of founder. The folks at Equithrive have formulated products to help you navigate these potential pasture pitfalls. Equithrive's Metabarol is a pelleted supplement that is scientifically proven to support healthy metabolic function and a healthy inflammatory response in horses. It's bona fide joint and metabolic support all in one easy to feed pellet. Visit equithrive.com today and use the promo code HUMBLEHOOF to get 20% off your first order, plus free shipping. www.equithrive.com I met Dr. Frank Riley at the Massachusetts Equine Affair in 2023, so just a few weeks ago, where he gave a fascinating talk on canker. And anyone who has worked on horse with canker knows how difficult it can be for both the horse owner and the veterinarian and the hoof care provider involved. Dr. Riley agreed to chat with me about the incredible success he sees with canker and what he uses and why it seems to work. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in veterinary medicine and how you became interested in things like canker? And canker. Well, I've been doing this for about uh, 36 years and uh, was at the Hoof Summit probably about 15 years ago. And uh, Dave Giza, a very smart farrier, and I went out to dinner uh, after one of the days of lectures. And over scotch and steaks, we were, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, between the two of us, I got 25 years, you, you got 25 years. You mean we can't figure out canker? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I've only, I've really only had a couple of cases and I, they didn't really go very well for me. And he goes, well, I, I get a bunch of them. I do a lot of draft work and he's got draft horses and. He's like, I think we should work on this. And uh, it was just one of those things where a colleague kind of challenges you to, you know, hey, let's let's get going. So it took me about a year just to catch up to get even with him on his knowledge because he was so far ahead of me. And uh, then we just started doing trials of different treatments to try to help with these uh, canker horses. And the first year was a lot of trial and error and probably mostly error. Everything that could be done wrong, we did it. And so we realized after about a year, okay, we're going to have to try some things maybe a little bit different and just basically started accumulating small improvements on treatments that we did. Then when probably another year went by and then we started trying it on horses and uh, we started getting really good effects when we were able to clear the cankers, most of them, within 60 days. Wow. And we did that for about five years. And so we were we were like, okay, well, we've got we've got something here. But the main problem, of course, was trying to keep these horses' feet dry and wrapped for 60 days. It was a it was, that's a long time to wrap horses, especially if there's there's more than one foot, yeah. which usually there is. And so it was really it was, it was difficult on owners, and, and sometimes we would just not get compliance after a while because they would fatigue out. Horses wouldn't clear up, and they're like, oh, no, my horse isn't any better. I'm like, well, that's because you're you're just not doing it anymore. You did it for three or four weeks, and then you're, you're, you're kind of burnt out. So we, we knew we had a limitation there, and then, quite honestly, it was Dave again who probably, uh, you know, six or seven years ago said, hey, you know, 
spirochetes are in all cankers. And I go, oh, yeah, no, that study's been done in, Jap- in Japan. And he goes, well, isn't it the same? Aren't spirochetes in Lyme's disease? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, they, they use doxycycline. Why aren't we doing that? And I'm like, uh, great idea. Why aren't we doing that? So uh, we started giving these horses oral doxycycline uh, twice a day, five grams in the morning, five grams at night, along with the powder. And we were able to, to clear them in 30 days. So something that was a lot more manageable and, uh, and a lot less expensive because the, the amount of powder, of course, was cut in half. And the, and the labor and the wrapping was cut in half. And so all of a sudden people were like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. And, you know, so we got lucky. And, of course, I'd say probably three-quarters of the canker is probably dead by day 14. And so you got very quick results and faster clearing. And then and then everybody, of course, was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go all 30 days because, you know, I can see effects versus, you know, it would be three or four weeks before I'd start seeing effects when we did not have the doxy oral uh and then and then i thought well why not um because i know that some other practices have used doxycycline topically in their powder too so we did it both we i, I started started adding some doxine into the kind of witch's brew of powder that we had and uh, i i think it i think it did help um, there's so many there's so many benefits to doxycycline it isn't anti-inflammatory it is it does kill you know it does kill a lot of other bacteria besides spirochetes and these cankers are, you know, it's they're they're a soup of multiple bacteria. Some of them anaerobes, some of them aerobes. Uh, then then also you've got spirochetes, uh, you've got proud flesh, you've got papillomavirus, uh, you got fungus, and it's just, you know, the the, the reason that this product works is just because we, we just address all those at the same time. And adding the doxy, uh, I think it helped. I think it did help a little bit. Yeah. And, and that actually, you know, kind of sparks the next question is, you know, for owners who are listening, who might have no experience with canker, what is canker? What causes it? And, you know, visually, like if you're describing it to an owner who might be worried that their horse has it, like, what do you look for? Well, I mean, that's a great question. You know, mo- most of your cankers are going to involve the frog and sometimes the, uh, the heels. Those would be the top two places. Uh, they, it can creep over into the sole. I've seen that where, you know, large, large amount of sole had to be, uh, worked on very rarely in the actual hoof wall itself. I have seen it a couple times, but it's, it's just super rare, but canker definitely will usually start in the frog and then we'll often move back to the heels because it's, it's in such proximity. Basically it is, it's, 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 it's basically, it's a hoof disease. In Europe and in England, we, we I have a lot of cases over there where we send a, a powder to. They call it um, foot cancer. And that's not really accurate because only one part of the canker, which would be papillomavirus, you could consider a, can- a, a cancer because it is a, is a viral growth of, of abnormal tissue. But that's only one piece. You know, you're forgetting about all the bacteria. You're forgetting about the spirochetes. You're forgetting about the fungus. Uh, you're forgetting about the prod flesh, which is a huge, huge problem um, because it's uh, it can create these kind of overgrowths. And sometimes people talk about, you know, white cauliflower, but often it's it's just a very, very distorted material of the of the frog itself. That's that's also bleeds very easily, which kind of puts it in a different category than thrush. Um, this this is usually very can, can be very uh, fragile. 
and bleed a lot. And then, of course, if it goes through uh, the keratinized tissue, you know, into into uh, sensitive underneath the frog or, or underneath the sole, it's extremely painful. And usually, in most thrushes, they're, they're not they're not really that painful. They're just it's just smelly, and you can get some you can get some irritation. But with, with, with cankers, it's just larger. And you'll see all this proud flesh that that abnormal growth and and very kind of bloody and raw, and that's that's kind of what you're dealing with canker. And of course, eventually, if it, if it gets to a point where it's so painful, then then the horse ends up not being able to move correctly, and then he's overloading other legs, and then there's of course all sorts of problems that can occur with, or they just can't get off the ground anymore, and because they're so sore, and then these horses are euthanized. So. Dave did make a good point. He said, I mean, we, I pulled every vet book on the planet out that, that I had. I've got a big library. And every single one of them was grave prognosis. It leads to euthanasia in most cases. Wow. And uh, I was I was shocked at that. I was like, holy mackerel, boy, this is really, yeah. this is not, 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 not going to be easy. And mm-hmm. so um, we we just got, it really was a challenge from another professional to say, hey, we got to get going on this. And then also it, it was it was super smart and then also was willing to work side by side to to try to come up with some sort of a, of a cure for the incurable. And so every canker horse that we've had over the last, uh, well, especially uh, especially after we started adding doxyoral, it's been, it's, been, it's, it's been very, very simple. Uh, so seven, eight years since we started that, but every single case we've been able to clear in 30 days. Wow. So it's... It's not a deadly disease anymore. As long as you you get in there, most of them. By the time they they call us, they've usually been working on it for sometimes well over a year. My 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 record here in the U.S. was a lady that had spent uh, about twenty five thousand and gone to three different clinics and three different universities and traveled the horse all around the, the West and uh, never did clear it. And then like then there was a horse in Canada that actually broke. Her. Dave and I we worked on that one. Broke a record that that man had spent over two hundred thousand on that. Oh my on goodness! That. And yeah, he'd been a, he was he was at a major clinic, the biggest private practice clinic in in Canada. He'd been in the clinic for over a year and a half, and probably had ten different surgeries and just oh my goodness. could not get it could not get it cleared. They actually flew him up from Florida to work on the horse's feet. We're there in the clinic, and uh, he brought two buckets of powder and. That one took a little longer because it was so advanced. It was all four feet. So that one probably took every bit of 60 days to really get good good effect on. But, uh, yeah, I will say, I mean, I've only worked on one case of canker, but it wasn't all four feet. And I did, you know, I worked with the vet to debride it. And then um, I don't know what they packed it with, but they were packing it and wrapping it. It, it must have been 60 days because it was a few trims that I went back that he was all wrapped. And that still, I mean, I wouldn't say now, I still trim that horse. I wouldn't say that his frogs are a hundred percent. He's, he's a tough case, but other, the other thing you were talking about, you know, the symptoms are like what it looks like. And you mentioned that, um, you know, thrush has a smell or like it's, it's not thrush. Cause you know, thrush just is kind of smelly, but not like super awful. I will never forget the smell of canker. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it. And if it gets on your hands or you get on your hands or your clothes, uh, uh, it's very tough to get the smell off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, soap will not work and uh, alcohol won't work. I can tell you, I mean, you'll, you'll work on that canker horse and then you'll go and have lunch and, and you pick up sandwich up and you put it to your face and you're you know, about to eat. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I can't eat the sandwich. I mean, I, I just reek. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a definitely a, a different smell because I've had, you know, owners send me a picture and be like, is this canker? I'm like, I think you would know. Like, I mean, in most cases, not all, obviously, but in some, you, it's pretty different than what you encounter in other in other feet. Oh, yeah. You're, you're correct. Yeah. Most times you do, you know, you do know this, this year was kind of interesting is that we, in 2023, I had two cases, uh, both here in the U S where we usually by adding the powder by day three to four, and we can go over what's in the powder and the, that, that's easy. But by day three, four, that, that canker smell sweetens up and it's gone. And most of the moisture in it is gone. And so it's so that you start taking the wraps off. You're just, it's just powder. Where in the beginning, a couple of days, it's like a paste because you want to pull all the water out. The reason we use powder is because like in bowl of sugar and a bowl of salt, nothing grows in it. And uh, we are reducing the water content below what bacteria can live in. And so that the, the dryness aspect is probably half the therapy. The, the antibiotics and anti-inflammatories are another aspect that kind of help too and, and just wrapping it. Most of the horse, not most, I'd say half the horses have to be in a stall for 30 days because the ground is around them is too wet um, or, you know, it's it's low laying or uh, the, the vandas are going to get soggy, uh, which won't work. Um, so they have to be just dry, dry, dry for 30 days and we can knock it out. Um, the only time I've had people where they're like, oh, we're struggling still is like, you know, send me a picture and I, I can see the horse's foot is sopping wet. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 you're. Your, your environment, so just, you just can't the signal stall. Uh, but this year I had two where I could not get them dry. Um, even after 30 days, I'm like, what is going on? And I uh, talked to a, a colleague in, at Colorado State, that's a, a surgeon there. I go, what do you think? What's going on here? And uh, I said, you, you kind of have some expertise in, 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 in these wounds. And she's like, I think you got biofilm. And uh which is a kind of a, a gel that these bacteria can create, kind of armor themselves in, and that antibiotics can't get to them. You can't kill it. You can't kill it. So she says you're going to have to introduce some other uh, medications in there to help with uh, killing that biofilm, and then it'll dry up. And even then, it took probably another two weeks, and then it dried up, dried up like toast, which was great. But uh, so any any now any any canker so we have that don't dry fully within four or five days. Uh, I have I have to send them uh, some additional powder to mix in with the canker powder to uh, to deal with biofilm. A special thank you to our wonderful sponsor Cavallo. For our humble hoof listeners, they are offering twenty percent off their Cavallo Trek hoof boots using the coupon code HRN at checkout. The Trek is the world's most popular and versatile hoof boot and Cavallo's toughest trail boot, while also doubling as an option for therapy or rehab. The front closure system makes it easily adaptable to various hoof shapes, and the TPU upper design allows for maximum strength while minimizing weight for the comfort and ease of movement for your horse. These are recommended by vets and trainers and also loved as transport boots by barrel racers, ship jumpers, dressage riders, and everyone in between. Again, for 20% off a pair of treks, use the code HRN at checkout at cavallo-inc.com. Yeah, and so, I mean, I definitely want to talk about, um, like, what you what you have in the powder that helps. But before we get to that, are there, I mean, 
I guess, is it just something that randomly affects some horses and not others? Are there specific factors that will predispose a horse to developing canker over oh, another that's one? A, that's, yeah, that's a very, very good question. Yeah. What happens is you, you always get the, the, the field of 10 horses and there's only one horse that's canker. And uh, it's kind of like the EPM where uh, you have universal exposure, right? They're all standing in the same dirt. And it's like EPM, only a very, very small percentage actually get the disease. They're all exposed to it, but their their immune systems of the normal horse, they don't get canker. Now, I do see a, a higher propensity of canker in a, a lot of rescues where they're, the, the horse has been emaciated and not cared for and feet were overgrown for a long period of time. And then they got canker, and and, and he was with a, a, a group of other normal horses, but he was the one who got it. So I think there's whether whether they were missing something before or the, the, the just bad care, uh, it pulled a, a part of the immunity away that just couldn't fight off normal opportunistic organisms, basically. Um, that uh, I've had I've had one lady that was in England. She's like, I think we're gonna have to move. You know, my my fields are contaminated. And I'm like, no, they're not contaminated. Don't move anywhere. You know, she had a beautiful farm. I'm like, you know, well, yeah, the vet, the vet said my, my, my fields are contaminated with canker. I'm like, no, no, no. Every every field has components of canker. So it's not like you're going to steam clean the dirt or you're going to move to someplace <laughs> where there is no canker. Canker's worldwide. Even islands get canker, you know. So uh, there's canker in Hawaii, for example. Yeah. So you're not going to move to someplace where it's magically no no canker. So what we've kind of found is in the last, really only the last three or four years, uh, the first question was, how do I clear canker? Well, I got to get rid of it. Second question was, and how do I make sure it doesn't come back on this horse? Because often in past canker treatments, you would have people say six months later, the canker's back. Well, probably it wasn't killed fully. But, you know, the ones that come back a year or two later, yeah, yeah. He's, he's still got an immune component missing. So... Uh, I was talking with Dave again, and he's like, you know, basically what we're doing, we're waiting around to get punched in the face, and then we're treating him, and we get we wait around to get punched in the face again. He says, we got to get off this, let's just see if we can get off the uh, mare ground. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, well, I'm just going to treat him like I do EPM horses then. You know, what? A, how do I avoid EPM after they've had it? I'm like, well, we just put them on high-dose vitamin E, put them on thyroid powder. It's a, uh, it's an immune stimulant. It's a vasodilator. Vitamin E is a vasodilator, so we're helping with hoof growth and uh, getting good blood supply down to the feet. And then, of course, there's very rarely you have they're, – they're out there, but they're rare to have some cankers with a nematode or a worm aspect. There's a public study on that. But So I just tell everybody, and also, of course, deworm your horse twice a year, you know, the, like three AP guidelines, you know, uh, uh, spring, fall with Equimax, Rivermectin, Gold, and the number of, 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 of horses, I'd say 50% of them was like, so tell me about your deworming program. Oh, we don't have one. Oh, wow. Or uh, we did a negative fecal, and uh, that means we don't have to, we don't have to deworm the horse. I'm like, well, now remember, the fecal test only, only tests for um, two out of the 10 parasites that are in horses. So you're doing it wrong. You don't ever lean all over fecal tests. You know, they're missing humongous numbers of worms in those tests. And so they're like, what? What do you, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, no, they can, they can only pick up round worm and strong dials. They miss everything else. Hey, worms they miss. And for example, are insisted they miss. And, 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 
and the box and stomach they miss. I mean, there's a whole whole bunch of them. And I says, you got to get back on it and start deworming your horses cor- correctly. And oh, okay. And sometimes I think draft horse people think these are big tough horses, and they don't need to get uh, they don't need to get dewormed. I'm like, they they do, they definitely do. So, so just just we're just boosting their immunity. And the ones we've done that to, um, now I've I've only had two cankers that ever came back, but um, since we've done that, we've had zero. And it might just be you know I'm just knocking on wood and, and thinking that that's that's helping. But so far, I mean, nothing's relapsed. And uh, thyroid powders, you know, 30 cents a scoop and vitamin E at high doses, 97 cents a scoop, 5,000 units. So dewormers are $14 a tube. So it's cheap. (laughs) Right. Right. Because, you know, these cankers, especially if they're multiple feet, you know, you're, you're talking thousands. So you, you don't want it again. Right. Yeah. And so in terms of, you know, what's actually the active ingredient, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that you make something that you can, you know, you know if it's proprietary or something, you don't have to tell everything. But what, oh, what no, are the... No, no, no. We, 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 we have, we have, because the first thing they have is we put on our, our website, we have a protocol, it's about six pages, you know, typed, single space typed. What are we going to do for these horses? So the first thing often is it's, it's just a... If, if the if the treatment is uncoordinated with the veterinarian and with the farrier, it's going to fail, you know. And so we we first thing I do is I I tell people, look, there's antibiotics in this powder, and I cannot send it unless I get your vets okay, because uh, they're in charge of the, of the health of the horse, and I need them also to prescribe doxycycline. So I need I need to have a coordinated effort with them, and also like, okay, now. Is your fair able to do this, or do you want the vet to do it? Usually, I would just do them. I would just say get them both there at the same time. And um, so we we really try to coordinate with the team that's there, versus just send them a bucket and they'll you know that's not going to work. So you have to okay, everybody understand how this works, and the owner gets the protocol, the fair gets the protocol, we email the vet gets the protocol. I talked to that personally. And, and and I always talk to the owner personally, and they have to send me photos because, uh, you know, I'll tell a story. It was two years ago, and and uh, the lady's like, oh, my, but the horse is really jumping around trying to get, you know, this, some this small amount of debriding. I'm like, well, he shouldn't be jumping that much, you know, because we're only just trimming it to, to flat. We are not, we're not gouging potholes, and we're not convect, concaving out. I mean, we're not concaving out a bunch of uh, of tissue you know, some people are like, oh, remove the whole frog. I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. So I said, he shouldn't be dancing that much. And so she, she sent me the pictures. Well, they were literally, there was, a, you know, I, I guess they were confused about the anatomy. They were, they were literally trying to remove his heels. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, that skin, that is, he is going to go bananas. And they go, yeah, no, he's trying to kill us. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Because you're, you you can't debride skin, you know. You have to you can debride frog and soul, but you can't. There's nothing there to cut, right. so you, have to, you know. So I I learned my lesson after that. I'm like, okay, you got to get a picture of this every time. So you, these are things you learn. And you go okay, and then you, so you know, only powder on the heels, no debriding, and then debriding day one and two and three is just powder, and then debriding is number one on day four. Uh, then you'll do daily powder after that until about day 14. And then you do writing number two. And by then, you about 75% of the canker is, is dead. It falls out falls out in chunks. 
and then we, we, we would go to about every other day with the powder. Again, brand new bandages, dry and, and all that. If the horse has it's more than three feet, uh, I'll say try to do the front feet first and then the back feet. So 30 days, 30 days. Yeah. It's awfully hard to wrap up a draft horse three feet. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you know, you're gonna, someone's going to get hurt or the horse is going to get, un, you know, uncomfortable or you're going to run out of wrapping material. I mean, you need a truckload of it. So um, I just, so just go to the front, but then go to the back. Even if the back are worse, just get the front first. You, just, you know, got to protect the front feet. You know, it, it's pretty simple after that. And then start the prevention protocol of vitamin E and thyroid powder and deworming. And and uh, and then I also like to do uh, venison turpentine a couple times a week. Just to, That's only on the sole. Just to keep his feet tough. And uh, I like to get them on ration balancers with high protein. If, if people have hoof supplements they want to use, they can add it to the balancer. Uh, hoof is mostly protein, so again, you know, what are we doing to avoid getting punched in the face again? You know, oh yeah, let's 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 alter the diet a little bit, you know, that sort of thing. And um, but I mean, I've had I've had you know Budweiser Clydesdale horses with canker, so people go, well, is it because my barn is dirty? Is and I'm like, no, your barn's not dirty. Your your dirt is not dirty. It's just it's everywhere. It's right. everywhere. I mean, if if. Budweiser Kleinsdale horse and get it standing in a, right a foot of shavings. Well, wow, where are they getting it? Right. Well, they you know they have to go across dirt, you know, to go into the rain and all that, and, and they get turned out every once in a while. And so you know they, they can get canker as good as you. It's not being dirty. Yeah. It's not you're not picking your feet out. It's not your fingers not trimming enough. It's just a matter of an immune problem. So and we, so in the way of what we put in the powder. I had a. I went to Illinois, and uh, there was a veterinarian working with the, the Budweiser Clydesdale horses. And all the Clydesdales, even though they were in St. Louis, they, when they had surgical problems, they came to Illinois. So uh, I got to see a lot of them, and, and I got to talk with the veterinarian. There was a private practitioner there, and he had a thing he called the Budweiser powder when these horses would get canker. And so I was talking with him about it, and then uh, when I graduated, I'm like, okay, well, I remember, I remember, you know, what he put in there, but then. Some of the things in it in it did not make sense, you know. Where I was like, you know, I, you know, why are we putting penicillin powder in there? Because penicillin in in organic material is almost worthless. And there was some griseofulvacin in it, which is an antifungal, which was at the time very popular, but it was also a, a, it was a massive pregnancy problem, you know. And so I'm like, well, you know, half half these horses are owned by women, and I'm like, I I, I I'm not going to ask everybody, you know are you pregnant or you want to be pregnant or any of that? I'm like, you know, I just have to keep it safe. So I, I switched over to ketoconazole for an antifungal and that's, that's used in human medicine and it's even used in, you know, human hair shampoo. Right. So, um, you know, so just, just trying to keep things a little bit safer Trimethyl and sulfa again, just, you know, there's just so many bacteria in there. Uh, the doxycycline metronidazole, which has kind of been a hallmark of, of, uh, of uh, uh, helping helping these horses, a lot of lot of a lot of veterinarians would just use crushed up metronidazole tablets, and I did that for years. Um, but then I, I went to USP uh, metronidazole, which is a powder, and uh, I think I, I just have just better better luck with it maybe than others, simply because I don't have the I don't know what's the word they call it the, the, the the uh, precipitates or whatever, you know, the things, the binding agents of, of tablets. And it's just kind of fillered, 
junk. And so I'm like, no, no, I, I, I'm going to, I don't, I want just, just metronidazole and not the filler stuff in there. And that's been very helpful. I also had a little bit of bismuth, which is an anti-inflammatory, um, that just try to take out some of the sting of these things. And that's been, that's been helpful. So it's, and then uh, I put some magnesium in it just for, for the drying aspect of it. And then some MSM, uh, again, an, an anti-inflammatory because a lot of these feet are really sore. And uh, so it's a, it's a very large volume of powder, which weighs about seven pounds in a one-gallon bucket. And that'll do two feet. That'll do two feet. And, you know, if you have a third foot, then you, have, you just have to get another bucket. Then very, very, very thick layer of powder on there. No no donut, no sprinkling like a donut, just... I want a half to three-quarter inch of powders and then a lot of cotton on it. And then when they step down, it presses into those those crevices. And then also it repels proud flesh. So it's, and that's the big one that, keep, that all these all these other treatments often fail on. It just keeps popping back and popping yeah. back and they chop it and it bleeds. It's just like a mushroom. It just keeps coming back and coming back. And, and you just don't have any luck unless you can put pressure on it. And you can't put pressure on it if you're wearing a hospital plate, for example, right? It's protected in steel. So all of a sudden there's no pressure. There's no, there's no pushing back to proud flesh or there's no real weight bearing to push into those nooks and crannies. And so we learned, Dave and I, probably the second year we learned, we thought hospital plates were the way to go. And we realized that's absolutely backwards. So everybody takes their shoes off. First thing they like to do is just take them all off. A lot of times they're in. They were in uh, bar shoes because their their heels are all getting eaten up too by, by, by canker. So we just no, please take your shoes off. And uh, well, he's not had his shoes off, and he's and he's going to be sore. And I go, well, then we just keep in a stall for thirty days. And then when your horse's feet are sound and happy and dried out, you know you can put your shoes back on. So it's relatively easy for the farrier because you're just dealing with basically just two debridings. Most of these, if they're really terribly large amounts of papilloma and proud flesh that they can be really bloody uh, most yeah. of them are going to bleed but they're not they're not too bad but we usually don't sedate them if they're really bad uh you know it's really deep we might sedate them on the hind feet but uh, most of the time we don't need to even a tourniquet um, because uh, usually if they're going to bleed you can control it we'll pack them into powder and then we'll uh, come back in two hours and take out all the bloody you know uh, cranberry juice bandages and get rid of them and then put in fresh powder and uh, uh, and the horse is a lot better so yeah and Uh, so you know if this is all you know cleared up in 30 days or so is that pretty permanent or do you see it recurring or do you have to do things to prevent it from recurring no it's been permanent and i i think that you know like i said i've only had two recurrences before this you know three or four years ago We've had no recurrences, you know, for, for the last three or four years. Wow. Once we started doing a kind of a prevention program and, um, you know, people will, people will ask like, you know, okay, so now it's 30 days, the horse is cleared. Now what do I have to do for the rest, you know, for, for this horse? And I'm like, well, these, you know, just very simple things, you know, vitamin E and some thyroid powder and deworming. And they're like, okay, now what's the, what, what's, what's the special turnout schedule? Well, I'm like the special turnout schedule is kick them out. <laughs> Get him out in the field. He's done. He's done. You know, treat him, treat him like everybody else. Oh my God! You mean he's not going to be in the field only for two hours and the rest of the time in the stall? Nope, nope. We just we go back to 100 percent turnout. 
which which most of them are uh, draft horses. And so we're just, yeah, just go back out there. You're, you're, you know, well, is it going to come back? Nope. Nope. We don't have to worry about it. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. We just had, you know, it's all Dave, Dave Gies. I mean, you know, he, he, he really pushed this program along and then uh, we just kept tweaking and tweaking. And I, I had one lady from England. She's like, I don't understand. I mean, like, why do you guys know all this stuff? And we're really kind of struggling over here in England. And uh, there were a couple of really big practices, you know, 30 or 40 vets. And they're like, we've, we've tried, we've used them. They're, they're super smart. And I'm like, I know, I know. But the problem is combined, you know, they're only going to have maybe a, a dozen or two total cankers out of those 30 or 40 people. And they, you know, we're over the, over the last, you know, since we started here about 15 years ago, we've, we've had over a thousand cases. So we, we just, we've made all the mistakes. We, we've, <laughs> and so we don't have to worry about repeating them and repeating them. We just, we just like, okay, don't do that anymore. And like, Oh, they're always, they're in hospital plates get them all off. I'm like, what? I just spent you know a thousand dollars on a hospital place for four feet. I'm like, I know, get them all off. That's great. And so, you know, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be people that have more questions than what I, than what I can even think of. So, is there a way that um, people can get in touch with you or um, oh, yeah, contact yeah, just, you? Uh, yeah, our website, you know, equinemedsearch.com. You know, and there's a there's a way to do you know an email on it, uh, and. Uh, um, that's what that's what normally we do. We have about we have between four and five maybe cases every month, you know. And and, and, and but they add up. I mean, after a while, you get sixty, and you know, you do it for fifteen years. You go, well, there's your thousand. So it it just it it's not like you're you're doing ten cases a week. That's not true. Um, and then now, actually, we University of Wisconsin, uh, Colorado State University, University of Tennessee, those veterinary schools now use this powder pretty much exclusively when they have a canker. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, those are all the questions I had. I didn't know if there's anything else that you want to add that I didn't missed out on in terms of, you know, something important that you want people to, to take away. No, no, I think that's it. The main, the main thing is don't give up. It's not a death sentence. It, maybe it was 20 years ago, but uh, I think it was a death sentence for two things. Number one, the horse was sore and they could, you know, and you had to stop, you know, just uh, because it was a human thing to do. The other thing was was just uh, economic fatigue. It was just they were just uh, put in the dirt economically, where you're spending ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, or you've had surgery done on it four and five times, and after a while you just go, "I'm, I'm done, I'm done." So um, that's the main things we're just trying to say. It's not it's not a grave prognosis anymore. We do have a program that we'll talk to you about it, send pictures. We'll talk to your vet. We'll get there okay. We want them to be part of the team. We want the farrier to be part of the team. Then you'll have you'll have good luck then. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I know it took a while to sync up schedules and everything with the holiday oh, last week. It was week. good. It was good. It was, it was fun. All right. See you then. Have a great afternoon. All right. You too now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person. And chances are, if you're listening to a hoof care podcast, you are too. So we should probably be friends. Feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at thehumblehoof at gmail.com.